This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation, like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Welcome into the Ben Burnett Show. This is my thought in one take. This past week, there were several states that had general elections for governor. There's only a handful of them. Virginia was one. Mississippi was one. Kentucky was one. There were some events that took place that I found it particularly interesting. One, Donald Trump won the state of Kentucky the last go-around in 2020 by over 25 points. Two years later, Governor Andy Bashir, who is running a re-elect as a Democrat, managed to beat the Attorney General and Daniel Cameron to retain the governorship. What I think is interesting about Governor Bashir is this. At this point, the guy is a man that's on an island. Besides Governor Bashir, John Tester, who is a senator from Montana, is just ever so slightly to the left, caucuses with the Democrats, but really holds a lot of legislation up in the United States Senate. He's somebody that Republicans can depend upon in certain issues. Roy Cooper is another to name three, but those guys largely sit on an island. And I think all three of them are very well loved by their states for no other reason than they are independent-minded people. When you look at a guy like Andy Bashir, he comes from a political family in Kentucky. Back in the old days where a lot of the South was Democrats, his father was the governor of Kentucky. And he sat there and relatively easily won. That's a state that is significantly more conservative than a state like Georgia. By a large margin, you saw in Georgia, President Trump lost in 2020 by less than 1%. To take a delta in Kentucky, a state that has more conservative values than Georgia, it's just not nearly as competitive. And to see a guy win makes me wonder what the message is. A lot of people are going to tie it to what the race is going to look like for 2024. I don't buy any of that in Kentucky. I do buy it in Virginia, where Governor Glenn Youngkin lost his House of Delegates if you were in most of the other states around the country. That would be considered your House of Representatives. He lost that. It's going to hurt Governor Youngkin's chances of seeking a 15-week abortion ban. He essentially had to keep the House, and he had to flip the Senate by one or two seats, and neither of those things happened. That's going to put the GOP in a really, really big box. Let's assume for two seconds that Donald Trump is actually the nominee for United States president on the Republican ticket. And I think most of us thought that Governor Yunkin would be the guy who would ultimately probably be his vice president because you have to win states that are persuadable, like Virginia. And, and he couldn't do it. He raised a ton of money. The RGA helped the Republican Party out. They were very involved in that race, and he lost seats. If you look at the battleground in 2023, the fact that the Democrats can put forward a competitive message locally with respect to their states was something that I honestly didn't think was possible. I fully expected Governor Andy Bashir to win because he has distanced himself from President Biden and that administration by a thousand miles. And he ran a local race. I give credit to people who sit there where they know their party is not popular and they get it done. It also goes to show you the big race that the Republicans ran in Kentucky was against his record over COVID. The COVID vaccine, shutdowns, he kept kids out of schools for a long time. And it didn't matter, which tells me that in the South, that issue is entirely over. Nobody cares anymore. 
And that is a surprise to me. You've heard on my show over the course of the last year or two that I thought COVID would be the front and center issue to hang around Donald Trump's neck. And it isn't. And I thought at some point that would pick up steam and resonate, and it hasn't. And yet, on the radio, in conservative circles, it's can, it continues to be the message that gets trotted out over and over and over again. If you look at another race or another couple of races, you look at the abortion rights issue. If you look at the more rural parts of America, Republicans have to grapple with the abortion issue because it is not a popular one. And while they continue to run where they have state houses and state legislatures, and governors that will sign six-week abortion bans, it's not popular. You look at states like Ohio, a place where President Trump won in 2020. 56.6% of voters voted to not touch abortion rights at all. Personally, politically speaking, I don't agree with that decision. But you have to be somebody who can separate how you feel from the reality of the current day. So what is the message going into 2024? The one thing I'll give Donald Trump credit for is that he's kind of changed his tune on abortion over the course of the last two years or three years. And he says, look, I think some of these statutes that are being put in place are entirely too restrictive. And I'm not going to argue whether or not he's right or wrong. He's clearly moved on that issue, but he's also in line with the electorate. And he's going to be the guy who has the opportunity to say, come September or October or November of 2024, that I've seen the populace. I've seen where people wanted to go. It says a lot to me. When you get to a place where you're north of 55%, it's not close. The vote total on Ohio issue one with respect to touching abortion restrictions, 2.18 million people said do not touch abortion restrictions. 1.65 million said, yeah, we should look at it. Guys, that is a delta of over half a million people in a state that saw less than 4 million people come out to vote. That's a mandate. And where do we go from here? It's going to make for some really interesting conversations and shows as we as we wind down 2023 and open 2024 to see where our candidates think the electorate is with respect to those issues. This has been another episode of the Ben Burnett Show. We'll see you guys next week. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.